Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome into episode number 150 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Uh, back, back with Alex. Uh, thankfully, she uh, she came back, and uh, yeah, I mean, not. I wasn't very thankful watching that game, uh, especially the ending of the the Philadelphia Eagles game. But um, yeah, overall, how how are you feeling? And uh, yeah, what do what do you? Th- I mean, I don't want to go right into it, but it's like it's the elephant in the room already. Is is this football team? I mean, I'm not happy that. Everything I was worried about the last game is exactly what went wrong this game. Um, the fact that the coaching um, was so bad on our side that the advantage was to the Cardinals, so that made me not happy. Um, I just felt like, like in the beginning, obviously, <clears throat> the offense and the plan and the scheme and everything was okay, but as the game went on, it was like they had no answers. They couldn't adjust to anything. Um, and they just kind of let they kind of let the Cardinals do whatever they wanted. And instead of using that to their advantage, which I think they could have, um, they just kind of let them do whatever and dictate how the game was gonna go. And that's that's not how it's supposed to go when you're the team that's come that not even coming in. They came into our building, but that's how it's supposed to be when you're the team that has the better record, you're obviously the better team. Like, you're supposed to dictate how that game plays out, and they just kind of, like, lie over and took it. So I was not happy about that. Um, The fact that AJ didn't talk again, I think that speaks volumes to how he's feeling. Although supposedly he's talking tomorrow, he did say that. Um, But, yeah, overall, not very optimistic about where the team's going this season. Um, Hoping that they can just get some things tied up or have some bright spots to look into next season. But um, I'm not feeling like this season is really going to turn out to be anything. Yeah. And, and I mean, we'll get into an array of topics like concerning this, this game. And then obviously concerning like the coaching staff, is it the players, is it how the roster is constructed kind of similar, you know, something similar to last week on, on what we touched on. But I like the fact that there was so much to play for, you know, I found myself rooting for the for the Cowboys and in, in, in a game that they shouldn't have won. I mean, absolutely robbery. The, the NFL officials should be uh, should be on trial for the robbery they committed. But um, in that in that Detroit um, Cowboys game with the 
the offensive lineman not quote unquote reporting, even though you can clearly tell he's like yelling at the referee to report, like whatever. That's uh that's a different story for a different day. But um, you know, I found myself rooting for the Cowboys. They they find a way to win, which obviously helps the Eagles and in, in the seating and everything. And uh yeah, they come out and just I mean the first at halftime, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was twenty to six or twenty one six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like I felt good. I didn't still didn't feel great. Like I still had that that pessimistic viewpoint where I'm like, okay, well, the defense. I mean, Sidney Brown's interception return for a touchdown was as lucky as you can get. I mean, Kyler Murray threw it to the left side of the field. There was nobody over there, and I mean, credit to to Sidney. He he ran that back, made a couple moves. Like that was a great great play on him. But I mean, he Kyler Murray literally put a bow on that for him. So, um defensively like I didn't feel good at halftime I know it was you know they only had six but it looked like they could move the ball at will I mean in the even in the first half like it looked like James Conner was like you know Adrian Peterson I was like man what is going on like he's just I mean he's breaking two three tackles it felt like every every uh time he touched the ball and then Michael Carter a guy that literally couldn't find a roster spot for him on multiple teams like he's been released he's been um he goes for 60 yards I mean he's averaging almost nine yards of carry in that game. It's like, I mean, I've seen really bad Eagles defenses, but in my lifetime, like this gotta be one of the worst. Like it's just, it's Swiss cheese. I think like, well, for me, what kills me about the way that that game went and like, don't get me wrong. The defense obviously was bad. They couldn't stop anything. They had long 70 plus drives, like the whole game. But what killed me was, we like we knew the defense didn't have the personnel going into the season does not excuse that they can't tackle and stuff like that uh, that's a different issue but we knew that the offense was going to be the highlight of this team yet when a team is doing something we're not taking advantage of that situation so in my opinion if Arizona was going to run the ball that much all of their drives I think were at least minimum five minute drives the whole game they were burning so much of the clock when they had a possession, which in a sense, like if you're looking at, you know, what the score was when we came back from halftime, like that's a good thing. Like let them burn out the clock. We'll also burn out the clock. If they were up by two scores by time the third quarter starts, if they only get the ball back two more times because they're burning the clock and we're also burning the clock, then so be it. Like they can only, they can only score twice, but our, possessions the second half other than the one drive that ended up in a touchdown the other ones were I think less than two minutes maybe a minute and a half or so and it didn't have to be um and like in the third quarter when they had their first possession I think they went three and out on that one they went run run and then deep shot on a third and five and then they had to punt the ball but in that situation Arizona had already gone and scored a touchdown so why are you trying to go for a deep ball down the field when they just burned a good seven minutes off the clock with their drive? So there's only eight minutes left in the third. So instead of working the ball down the field and maybe burning it out until the end of the third, they they basically gave the ball back immediately in the third quarter. And then before you know it, the game's tied again. That's what I didn't understand is that it was like, Arizona was playing like they were the ones that had the lead and burning the clock every possession they had. But then when we had the ball, we were turning it over so fast because we're going for explosive plays that weren't working. And that just made no sense to me. Like if Arizona is going to help you and burn the clock, 
then do that on your side of the ball too. And we couldn't. And that, that for me was the biggest takeaway because I get it. The defense played bad, but at the end of the day, like if they're on the field for two thirds of the game, they're going to be gassed and they're not going to make any plays. So we didn't take advantage of the fact that Arizona was holding possession the whole game. And when we had our chances, we didn't burn the clock at all. Like I said, the two possessions, two out of the three possessions we had in the second half were like a minute and a half. That's not long enough. Not when you have a two-score lead. It, it's it's almost like this team lacks – I mean, I'm not going to say the team. I, I'm, I'm going to say the coaching staff lacks, like, awareness of situations. They lack common sense of just – Okay, maybe we should hold like we have a 20 to 6 point, you know, it's 20 to 6, 21 to 6, whatever. And it's like, okay, why 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 are we trying to take deep shots constantly? You know what I mean? Why why is it like and I don't even put so much on Jalen Hurts, like I don't think he played that bad at all. And I I just like you have another thing is like Rashard Penny, like there's all these these rumors that Oh, we didn't use Rashard Penny all year because we're we're saving him for the playoffs. And then there's people literally I know um Hunter Brody was talking about it on his on his podcast that people were calling in the WIP last week saying how, you know, um they're just kind of uh playing possum. Like the Eagles are playing possum, they'll they'll get it to like that's not how the NFL works. Like you can't just show up one week and say, Okay, now now we're gonna roll out you know, the red carpet and, and have all the good plays and the and everybody's going to be on the same page and A.J. Brown's going to be happy. And, like, that's just not realistic. And I don't know. It, it's it's so demoralizing that the Cardinals are probably, you know, the outside of the Panthers are probably the second-worst team in football. And they came in here and they, they – I swear, I think ever since the 49ers game, any team comes in here and they don't – they have no fear of, of this Eagles team. Like, they – they're almost licking their chops to play this defense. And and you're exactly right when you say, like, we don't have the personnel. But I, I still think, like, against – I mean, you go back against the Dolphins, this defense looked pretty good. Obviously, Slay was in there. Um, you know, there, there's different things going on there. But I really think the, the panic button to go to, to Patricia is, is costing them even more than if you would have just let Desai run the defense. And now it's – Players look confused, like, yes, we don't have the personnel, but now it's like it's just such a mess on the defensive end that, like, no, I, I don't think people are in the right positions. Obviously, I mean, you, you touched on the fact they can't tackle. I mean, this is such a – one of the worst tackling teams in the NFL, if not the worst one. If In the last month, I would make a case they're probably the worst. Um, it's just – I, I kind of – as sad and, and as – negative as it is i just kind of can't wait for the season to be over in some respects uh after a 10 and 1 start it's it's like it really is the sky is falling and like you know arguably so it should be you know yeah i mean what the way that the team has fallen since they were 10 and 1 like it's like at a historic rate that they're losing now and the stats that they're putting up now in like a bad way um, and so it's just crazy to me. And like you said, when they switched over coordinators, um, I, I was fine with the move. I think it was just the timing of the move that I was not okay with. Cause like you said, it did come off as a panic button. Um, but I feel like that was at a time that a change needed to be made. And, but I think they made the change on the wrong side of the ball. So I think, I think <laughs> that was the bigger issue. Um, and just with everything that's been happening over the, the past few weeks, um, I know the defense is bad and I know they're not playing well, but 
when you have the whole team underperforming um, in terms of like, cause the guys are talking about all the time when they're being interviewed about like, Oh, we're not always executing, like we're missing blocks. We're doing this. So like, it's not only the defensive side of the ball. That's not necessarily performing up to the standard that they keep quoting. <laughs> um, and so, but I think at that point, once the whole team is not performing that way, or they're playing without heart, they're not playing hard football. They're not tackling. They're not blocking properly. Like, I think that then goes back to the coaching because it's okay if like, you know, players get out of line or, you know, they start to get sloppy or whatever, but it's the coach's responsibility to then reel them all back in and make them do what they're supposed to be doing. And if, and Nick doesn't seem like he's been able to get a handle on the situation. Um, I know a lot of the veterans have been talking like in their interviews and stuff like that. And like people like Brandon Graham, um, Kelsey, like, of course, they're always doing a very good job of talking to the media and everything when they're asked these sorts of difficult questions. Um, But whether or not it's resonating with the whole team as far as what Nick's trying to do or how he's trying to mend the situation, like, to me, the way that this has played out is not necessarily a talent issue. Um, Well, on the defensive side, yeah, but overall, the whole team, it's not a talent issue. I think I'm seeing more so that internally there's something going on. Um, So whether it's a culture issue, like I don't think the guys don't like each other per se, but like something with the vibes are off. Like they're obviously like not everything is clicking. Um, And that to me falls back on the coaches um, because they have all the talent in the world on offense. So there's no reason that it shouldn't be clicking and having these breakdowns like they are, you know, at bad moments of the game, like when they had to burn the timeouts because they can't figure out who the heck's supposed to be on the field. Like that's not week 17 stuff. That's, that's week one stuff. So the fact that like, they're not in sync with each other, um, something's being lost in translation. And whether it's that Nick is not like Nick may have an open door policy or, you know, but maybe he's just not good at communicating in the moment or my, you know, theory is that, I think that the front office, Nick included, I feel like they're trying to force an identity on this team that is not actually theirs because they're, they keep saying like they, their identity is, you know, we want to have like these explosive plays. And then on defense, they literally had the same philosophy, just the opposite. Don't give up the big plays, Ben, don't break. Like that's been how they've been for so long that they're focusing on these explosive plays but yet we're not successful at them. And I just think for so long, they've been forcing this issue and trying to force this team to be something that it's not. And I think it's finally not clicking and falling apart. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's really like hard to, to argue. I mean, it's, I, it's so frustrating to me, like watching, like this team is borderline the most frustrating team I've ever watched. um, Just because like, you know, that, and I I don't know if I'm as bullish on the roster as some other like, um, there's some guys on CSN Philly that said like this is the best roster in in the NFL. Like I I don't know about that, but it, they're adequate at like they're adequate to say the least, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Like you look at the offensive line, you know Swift come, come coming over from the uh, the Lions. You have obviously bringing AJ Brown back, Devontae Smith, Goddard, like Jalen Hurts coming off a. Of, and almost MVP season, like you don't really have question marks on that side of the ball, but like to separate why it is so frustrating is like the the play calling is it's not bad. Like it's, it's 
god awful. Like it's it doesn't it the logic doesn't isn't there. Like the the timing on which they they that drive coming down the stretch with you know it's a tie game and they run hurts on two straight quarterback draws and the one I mean he lost four or five yards easily on second down and then you're you're forced to be in a third and long situation where you just dump a little screen off to to gain well where at that point I'd rather them almost try for an explosive play because you're you're already backed up and you're already in third and long and you're gonna just throw a screen like it just those those first two plays set the tone in the fact that like yes we could be sitting here and if if one of those went for a first down, we we would probably have a different discussion, and the Eagles might have won. But the fact that like that's what you have to come up with, you know, in a tie game, in good field position, like I just it blows my mind that, like you said, they probably made the the wrong um, coaching change. Like, why is Brian Johnson still? And and I don't that the the bigger elephant in the room is like I don't trust Sirianni to fix it because. When you know, if you go back to his first year here, and yeah, it was his first year, but he ended up giving you know play calling duties away to to Steichem, and then they did so much better. Like it was like they flipped a switch, and this team was completely different. So the fact that Nick probably has a a huge role in this offense because Brian Johnson was promoted within. It's not like they went out and got you know an offensive mind from a different team that's been there done that you know like a Josh McDaniels if Josh McDaniels came in he'd probably run his offense and Sirianni would yeah he'd he'd give him you know his two cents and and might sprinkle in some things but it would be Josh McDaniels offense like this to me this offense screams Nick Sirianni and it's it's every week it gets worse it feels like and uh like the temperature on his seat has got to be be getting turned up because like the fact that this team was, you know, it, it's rare a team that goes to the Super Bowl, you know, repeats and even gets there again. But when you start 10 and one and yes, there was a ton of close games and, you know, you could say they got lucky here and there and, and the breaks went their way. But the way they're playing now, like this, this fan base is getting restless, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that worries me the most about Nick is like. I I don't dislike Nick, like I like you know his antics on the sidelines and whatever like he seems like a fine person but the thing that worries me about Nick as you said like with the play calling he's an awful play caller so we know he's not going to take over that responsibility so even if like you know next season you get rid of Brian Johnson you bring in a different coordinator um and Nick's role is you know supposedly the CEO like he he runs the game like he manages the game but in my opinion like just based on this year and last year his game managing skills has not been good. And so, you know, this year I think it's amplified because um, our offense is sputtering at times. So then, you know, in the sec- if we have a lead going into the second half, we're typically not scoring. Um, and so I think like, because I was thinking about this today, like even last year when our team was scoring a lot more points and our defense was um, a lot better personnel-wise, the games, like, we would get huge leads in the first half, and then I just remember the whole second half just, like, praying that we would hang on to the lead because it kept getting chipped away little by little. So I think the only difference with last year versus this year is that we had a bigger point differential, So and we had better personnel in the defense. So then last year what happened is we'd have, you know, however many two-score or three-score lead, and teams would slowly start chipping away at us and, you know, getting closer and closer – 
And then all of a sudden, somebody on the defense would make one big play and it would save the game. But I remember last year feeling like I was having a heart attack every week. And it's because we weren't managing the games well, even after we had the lead. So now this year, it's the same thing. It's just that we don't have these big leads anymore, which is why I think so many of the games were close because we don't have the defensive personnel that's going to step up and make a big play. Hassan Reddick did it from time to time in the beginning of the season, um, but you can't just rely on one guy to do that every single time. So I just think last year the personnel was a little bit better um, and that led to us pulling out larger margins of victory. Um, but I think this year, because of the lack of personnel on the defense, I think it's just exposing the fact that even if we have a lead, we're not managing the game in halftime, after halftime, to what we need to do to keep that lead or to keep the other team from even coming back and being close. We've said it all year. We don't put teams away. We didn't do that last year either. We literally had not to bring up, you know, the Super Bowl, but 10 point lead in halftime and didn't do what we needed to do. Like, so he's always had this issue where once the game's going well and we're doing what we need to do in the beginning, the other team makes an adjustment as they should. We don't have a counter punch and they go to the bend, don't break mentality on offense and on defense. The offense stops trying to do what it was doing earlier in the game that was working and just kind of hang out. And then the defense, just bend, don't break. So don't give up the explosive play, you know, and, but it doesn't, I feel like that mindset is also why it's making this team soft. It's why these players are not playing with this heart. It's why once they have a lead, they came out in the second half of that game on Sunday and they, they looked like the effort was over. They were like, well, we played the first half and that was it. And I feel like that's how all the second halves have been. So Anyways, my long tangent, just to say, I don't know how I feel about Nick as a game manager because I know he can't play call, but in my opinion, he's not a good game manager either from what I've seen. He burns a million timeouts when he doesn't have to because of mistakes that they're making on the sideline. Um, And so I just, I like Nick. I just don't know where he fits on this team since I don't think he can manage the game. So I don't know what to do with him. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's a very... It's a very, very valid point because, like, okay, if he's that CEO, you say, like, he has to manage the game then because he's the head coach. Like, what else is he? You know, he's making game time decisions. We're going for it on fourth down. You know, uh, we're going to punt here, whatever it might be. But, like, I think the coordinator – and I'm not going to tip my cap to Gannon. Like, I, I, I think it's more the inept from our coaching staff than it is Gannon being some type of genius because – we can all remember that Super Bowl, and he was he was already like, I'm a Cardinals coach. I don't really care what – like, that to me, he will forever be hate, hated in my in my heart. Like, I, I hope the Cardinals crash and burn. But at the end of the day, like, they did what they had to do. Like, they, they didn't go away from the run. Like, it was working. Like, how many times have we seen the Eagles? And the fact they brought up um, that Swift had 1,000 yards, I'm like, I nothing against him, but I'm like, where are those yards at? Because it felt like – Early in the season, I want to say like the Vikings game, there were a couple games where I, I remember him, you know, churning those yards out. But like a thousand, yards, it feels like he has like 300 yards. You know what I mean? Like because we don't adequately use him, you know, in situations we should. We go away from it when it's working. Like the Cardinals pretty much um, gave it to James Conner and said, stop us. Like and we didn't have an answer. And like it it. I know James Conner's a good back, but I mean, come on, like they they made him look like 
you know, not an MVP. That <laughs> not that good, right? Like not not Adrian Peterson, you know, like come on. Like it just it's sickening to watch. And like I said, like I hate to just be like all negative, but like the Cardinals are not a good team. They they you know, they came into your building and like pretty much said, you know, slow us down. And like the fact that this team is uh could have been the number two seed. I mean, really, if if San Fran found a way to lose to um to Washington, like you're, you're potentially the number one seed in the NFC, and they they play like like this team does not even closely look like a playoff team. Like this, it reminds me of like the year um, Jalen Hurts kind of got some some games in it late in the year, and like Wentz got benched in uh, Green Bay, and I'm like, it was just awful. Like it was painful to watch, and like it's it's borderline worse now because the, you you feel like the coaching is even worse. Like, yes, Doug Peterson ran a, a stale offense and things like that, but at least I think they had like a method or they had like a strategy. It, it feels like this team lacks like situational awareness and that stems from the coaching staff. And if Brian Johnson is like returns as OC, like I, I, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Cause it's like, Yes, I don't trust Sirianni, but you kind of saw with with Steichen, they can kind of hide his deficiencies at least. Um, not that I think Sir, I I've been like on the record, I I wasn't a big Sirianni. I I like him as a person, kind of like what you touched on, but as like the guy that's making big game decisions, keeping the team sharp. Like this team is now looking like like Dallas might be even more sharp than them. And Mike McCarthy mishandles timeouts all the time. They have off, you know, delay of games. Like it, it now, we're turning into that where it's it's sloppiness. I mean, how many times are we gonna are we gonna be called offsides lately? Like it seems like everybody on the offensive line is looking around, and somebody jumps offside. So it's there. There's so many problems. It feels like I don't want to get into like next year talk already, but it's like where where are we going? Like I we're kind of just strapped to this train now, and like we have no direction on where we're supposed to be going. Well, and I think that's the problem is that going into the year, they they invested so much on the offensive side of the ball, and we knew that. But I think, like, it's just kind of extreme how much they invested on the offensive side of the ball, Um, not to mention that they still have some pieces that are getting paid big money. Like, um, like they still have to sign Devontae if they, if they want to keep him. Like, he's still on a cheap contract. Um, so, so I just feel like, I hope they reassess like what they're trying to do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, And I really hope that they just get a better identity for themselves because I feel like this Bendel break defense, I can't stand it. I couldn't stand it when Gannon was here. (laughs) And I totally agree with you. I was not, I was not a Gannon fan. I'm still not a Gannon fan. And frankly, I, because and even even if Gannon had a lot to do with the scheme or anything, I feel like it's an organizational belief of this then don't break defense because even from what I've known of Matt Patricia in the past, um seems different than how he's calling his defense now. And again, I think it's just he's trying to fit into what the organization's doing here because this isn't like technically it's really not his defense. Like he just came in this year. But Nick's been building this type of identity for this team for a couple of years now. Um, and like I said, I think it's just predicated around not giving up the explosive plays. But the problem is, and I think the issue that we're having on defense, 
is because teams know that we have a good defensive line. And I still think they're, they're a good defensive line. It's just that they know that everything else sucks. So if they can get around that and all the quarterbacks are either um, breaking out of the pocket early and just getting away from the linemen, um, or they're calling runs because they know the linebackers aren't going to tackle, or they're doing quick passes over the middle because they know that the front four are going to come up fast, but then their receivers are going to be able to beat ours, our um, defensemen because they just, they can't keep up. Like, and I like Blankenship, but like, he got destroyed last game. Like, and I, I do genuinely like him, but like, he got destroyed last game. And so I just think that teams have understood this. And I think it's just that it's, I hate to say it reminds me of Chip Kelly era because I don't want to relive that. But <laughs> the way that it was working in the beginning versus now, they almost kind of took, you know, the talent that we had on the defense is less than last year. So it's almost amplified now. The issues that we had last year on the defense, they're still the same issues, it's just worse. And people know that now. So it's almost like people know, you know, who we are and they're not surprised by what we're doing on the offense or the defense. So what good coaches are doing is they are planning around that and knowing that we're not going to adjust or we're not going to, you know, change our scheme. And sometimes I just feel like, the Eagles and the staff have this mentality of like trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And I cannot stand that. I'm just like, it's, if it's obvious what to do and what, you know, would work better then why, why do you have to outsmart everybody? Like for instance, like not committing to the run the last game when Arizona had just given up 250 yards to the bears. Like that it's, it's insane. Like, why are you even contemplating you know, not running the ball a ton. And I know they didn't have the ball that much, but I think in part it's because of the plays that they decided to run, um, which is why they didn't have the ball as often. And then the one drive in the third quarter, I think it was, um, or beginning of the fourth, when it actually resulted in the touchdown in the second half, is when DeAndre kept running it, like every first down. And so it's just things like that that bother me about this team and I hope that they address in the future just because – I think they need to adjust what people are doing. And and I think that's what made the team so good last year is that because they had a very balanced offense, if one team was very good at the run and they took that away from us, then they're like, okay, we're going deep ball to AJ. So then it's like teams didn't know what the heck to do at that point. And now I don't feel like we have that balance. And I feel like when Brian Johnson's calling these plays, they seem like panic calls. And when things go wrong, or even just if it goes wrong for one drive, they abandon the run, go back to, you know, we need the explosive play or we need the deep ball or whatever the heck it is. And then it's a screen, a QB draw, a deep ball. Like that's that's it. So it's like the fact that it's the same thing over and over again um, and it doesn't look any different. That's why everybody who's watching at home can already tell where this is going and what they're calling. So if we can all tell that looking at it from home obviously all the professionals that are on the field that are playing against us, they're going to know what the heck is going on. So I just hope that, you know, whether or not they decide to focus more on the defensive side of the ball, I just hope that they're able to get some different looks and they're able to address the fact that, okay, if you're going to take our defensive line out of the game, then we're going to do this instead. Cause I don't feel like they are able to adjust on their toes right now. And I feel like that's, that's what they need to address going into next year. Yeah, and we'll we'll take a little break here and come back with, you know, a bunch of not a bunch, but a, a couple of things that I want to touch on with with what you just said there and yeah, 
one more one more regular season game kind of I guess fortunately for the fans. I mean it, it's it's painful at this point for me at least. Um but yeah, we'll we'll come back and uh touch on a couple more things and you're right. I I'm just I'm like flabbergasted. Like sometimes I watch them and I don't want to it's not even like I get mad anymore. I'm just like it's it's more unbelievable at this point that um I guess you could say it's believable, but it's just I don't know. It doesn't even feel, it feels like this season has really been two seasons. Like, and it's like, it's just too long at this point. Like, just get it over with. Just put the, uh, put the horse out to the, and just shoot it. You know what I mean? Just take it out back and be done with it. But yeah, we'll, we'll touch on a couple more things. Yeah. My, my kind of fear with this team and like this organization is kind of like almost from the top down and the fact that, like they don't, you would think. So a couple of years ago, if you remember the Eagles, they drafted um, JJ Ortega Whiteside. They drafted Jalen Rager. Like it was just uh, an assortment of just god awful picks. Like it was just like you couldn't have almost picked worse. And then somebody, I don't know if it was you know Howie coming to his senses. I don't. I probably, I'd probably say not. I'd probably say somebody else was like, all right, let's draft kids from Alabama. Let's draft kids from Georgia. You know, we go out and get Devontae Smith. He won the the Heisman as a uh, receiver, which is super rare in in college. And like, yes, they've hit on more more picks than they probably haven't. But then they went kind of Georgia heavy with like Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, um, Kaylee Ringo. Like, and now I'm like, okay, now they're now they're getting into this like mindset where we're only gonna. It seems like we're only gonna take people from Georgia. Like we went from you know taking a kid from TCU, taking a kid from Stanford, like. It's like they they have there's no in between with this team. It feels like it's just like we have one philosophy. We're gonna do that. Okay, that's not working. We're gonna go completely over here, and I'm fine with that to a certain degree. Like, don't stay the same forever. Like I look at the Steelers. They're never gonna fire Mike Tomlin. He could be, he could be a you know one game above 500 every year for the rest of his life, and they're not gonna fire him. Like it, it, that to me is just I I couldn't stand that if I was a a Steelers fan. But like the fact that. Like now, is it is it this offseason where they're like, okay, maybe we need to think more defensively? Because, like, to say this defense is like Swiss cheese is like that's an understatement. Like they, like you said so well in the in the first part of the show is like, if they don't get pass rush, they are they're screwed. Like they they have no answer. They're clearly deer in the headlights. Like this this defensive backfield is. Every play, I'm like, oh my god, here's pass interference because like they they got their hands all over people. They're getting beat down the sideline. They can't stop the run. Like you would think, and like I don't want to get into going into the offseason too much yet. Like we'll get there when we get there, but like something's got to change from a mindset perspective. Because yes, you can have a great offense and overcome a lot of things. Like we've seen the Chiefs do it, but it's along with the bad play calling. Now you have just the players themselves aren't good. So then you have the combination of Matt Patricia, who I'm not a fan of anyway, they make the switch. So then they're now they're discombobulated because they're changing from Sean Desai's way of thinking. And then that report came out that Sean Desai hasn't called third down defense in like two months anyway. So it's like, there's just so many, like uh, it's, it's just so discombobulated, like everywhere you look from a, a organizational standpoint. And then, the offense, yes, it's a good offense. Still, I still believe it is. 
but when they're the play calling is atrocious, like how good can you possibly be? So I don't know. I, I just to say I have low expectations is like that's just the way it is right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting much going into the playoffs. If they get a playoff win, cool. But at the same time, I almost feel like if they get a playoff win, that's just going to be more of, um, you know, ammo for an excuse of like, well, like, you know, Nick's first three years and, you know, third year didn't go as planned, but still got a playoff win, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, completely disregarding, like, the complete turmoil that the whole team went through during the regular season. Um I just think like, and don't get me wrong, I have no issue really with Howie and with Jeff Lurie. Like, I think they're fine at running the organization. I think it's just sometimes that they get so dead set on certain ideologies that it's a trickle down effect. So I think like sometimes when Howie's picking certain players, um, like you mentioned, Devontae, Devontae's great. And I love Devontae. I'm so glad that we have him and everything. But I heard somebody bring up a point today that they were like, well, just like retrospect, like we could have had Parsons like during the same draft. And and not to say that I wish they made the other choice, um, but he is a really good player. But I think sometimes what this organization does is they they make the choice that is either like is like the sexy choice, like something that like seems like the better thing to like make the team seem more attractive, like, you know, draft draft a great wide receiver like because that's what people want to see they want it and I think that's kind of where that ideology sometimes affects their decision making um and I think that trickles down to how Howie sometimes drafts I think it trickles down to sometimes how the plays are called um even if they're not fit to be running in a certain type of offense um like I had said before I think sometimes they focus too hard on the explosive plays instead of just kind of, I'm totally fine with them taking like, you know, eight yard passes, 10 yard pass, like short passes and just like break it all the way down the field. And that's fine. And every now and then you'll get an explosive play in there. But I just think that they focus so hard on that, that that kind of dictates how the rest of the offense runs rather than the coach adjusting to what the defense is doing in the moment. They almost kind of pre-plan in their head, like, well, this is what we want it to look like because we want it. We want an attractive offense. We want an explosive offense. So I think they just plan things out based on how they want it to look versus like what the team is giving them. And I think people have figured out like, this is what they want to do. This is what they're going to be going towards. And I think that's why, they end up in these situations that they're in and they're getting out managed and, and the game plans sometimes working, but then by the time the team makes the adjustment, it's over at that point. Um, So I do think as far as drafting goes, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know like a million things about drafting because I don't. However, I just hope that they do a better job at addressing what to do to make the team more balanced. Cause I think that's when the team is at its best, not necessarily even saying like, on offense and defense has to be equally talented, but even just having an offense that has the ability to run the ball and also pass the ball at the same time. Like it's just things like that, that I think they need to be more balanced. And even too, if you think about like how they're targeting people this year, AJ Goddard and Smith, and that's it. And everybody knows that they're the ones getting the passes. So it makes it a lot easier to cover our defense. Um, And so it's just, it's things like that that I, I just wish they would mix up a little bit more, maybe even do like different formations and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I don't see a lot of things where like 
for instance, they run so many runs with Hertz. Um, but every time it's either like, I just feel like they never set up with like maybe like two running backs in the backfield. And I feel like if exactly. they were to do something like that, if you were to do something like that, but it's actually Jalen running, like, and not every time, sometimes hand it off, sometimes it's Jalen running it. But if you have three potential people that could be running the ball, if you fake it good enough, they're not going to know where the heck the ball is going. So, or you can even do like how Nick always likes to say, like, um, the run, run, pass, run, or whatever they like to do. If Jalen like sees that, you, you know, they try to fake it to the one running back and then Jalen sees that he's getting pressure. All he has to do is shovel the pass back to the running back and then they can go. Like, it's just things like that, that I think they're not setting the team up for success. I think they have the tools for it. I just don't think they're putting them in the right way to make a successful play or to have things work out the way that they want it to. Um, and so, yeah, so I just think organizationally, that's that's kind of where the issue is. They want this team to be something that it's not, and they're forcing this type of identity that they don't have. Um, and so, I don't know. I guess the only hope for the playoffs is that, like, now they're technically, like, underdogs again. Um, and I know, like, the guys on the team always say that they love that. So I'm like, okay, if, if that helps you, like, feed into that, like, go win <laughs> something. But, like, I like I don't I don't see this, like, bringing them really to, like, do anything big but I just hope that it's enough to like not have the team fall apart as far as the culture goes I mean something's broken something's broken in that locker room or in the in the organization like something is very wrong um and so I just hope that even though they're not going to win anything this year at least I don't think I just hope that it's enough to get them to band together because they like to do that when everybody counts them out you know they like to band together as brothers and so I just hope that they really play into that idea. Um, and I really hope that that at least helps them mend a little bit of whatever's broken. Um, but if it doesn't and the culture stays broken, again, I like Nick, but like he has to go. If the culture is broken like that, that's the biggest issue is like, I don't think he's a big coach and I don't, I'm not saying like he should be fired because of his coaching right now. But if you lose that locker room and you lose the team culture, that's, at that point you can't if you can't mend that then you can't coach the team anymore like that that that's just where I draw the line like I already think Brian Johnson has to be going after this but I'm not saying Nick needs to be unless he can't mend the culture if that's if that's gone then then Nick has to go which like I love that you brought that up because I feel like outside of Philadelphia like I don't even think Dallas would be like Dallas fans Dallas media would even Maybe they would. I think I could be completely missing missing the boat on that. But like we gotta think that we are one and, and yes, it's I think they said the the Vikings are like one of the only other teams that like started out this good and then I don't have like the, the numbers or anything in front of me, but it, they had like a similar stretch, but that was like in the seventies or something. Like it was like they went to the Super Bowl and then they they uh oh they were the last team that like went to Super Bowl lost from the NFC and then made it again. Um so yes, it's super rare. Like my expect like yes, we have high expectations as Philadelphia fans. Like that's just the way it is. Like I mean, don't get me wrong, like we're we can be a very negative group too, because I mean how much suffering have we been through too? So like if we went two and fourteen last year, I don't think there's many Eagles fans saying we're gonna win the Super Bowl in the following year. Where Dallas fans would probably say that regardless. Like they, they have that. There is some delusion mixed in there, but like 
I think long story short to bring this full circle is like, we got to think that we're one of the only fan bases that would be calling for the coaches head. I mean, at some point here, if he does lose the locker room this fast after a Super Bowl appearance, because like, like I said, I mean, Pittsburgh, they had culture problems. Like how many years with Le'Veon Bell being a problem, Antonio Brown, like how many times did you ever hear like, Oh, Mike Tomlin's on the hot seat. Like you never hear that. And like, I just don't, I think if you, like you said, if you lose the locker room, like if you lose, if, if the guys in that, on that team don't play for that coach, like if they don't, get up and they're not fired up to, to play and like they look like you know they're losing focus out there which you've seen a lot at times this year like if they're just not plugged in out there you got to think like okay is the coaching staff either a putting them in the right position or b like being any type of motivation for them because like yes at the end of the day they're they're you know insanely talented athletes this that and the third but they're human beings too. Like they have emotions. So if they come out there and they're like, Oh my God, I don't even want to take the field for this asshole. Like at the end of the day that you're going to see that at some, at some point, especially when you're losing, like, like the way that they're losing right now, it's, you can see it all over their, their body language. Like AJ Brown's rolling his eyes on the sideline. He's biting his lip. Like he wants to swing on Sirianni. Like there's all these like little nuances. But um, the one point is like, you did say they t- they target like Goddard, um, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith a lot, but I don't know. Julio Jones had a little bit of a coming out party, which was like crazy to me. I I like Julio. I liked him in um, Atlanta. Like I just think he's a good re- a great receiver. But it was funny to see him like actually you know score a touchdown for one, and then score two. Like it was just like all right, at least there's that. But I don't. I I want to talk like to to wrap up the show. Like I want to talk. You know, do the Eagles beat the Giants? But like, it's it's almost pitiful that we have to even ask that question right now, based on you know where this team was. But long story short, does do the Eagles go into the Meadowlands? I think Tyrod Taylor, I guess, will play because I don't know why they benched um, Tommy DeVito. I don't even think he was like to blame. Um, not that he was playing great, but like that was a weird decision to me. But do the Eagles beat? a Giants team that actually almost just beat the Rams. So what do you, what say you? Um, I mean, I don't know. Cause I also don't know. I can't tell if they're going to start everybody or not. And like, because it's, it's one of those things like Nick was talking during the interview and he basically, I mean, I know he likes to play coy a lot because he's like, Oh, strategy. Don't tell the other team like who we're starting or whatever, but um, he didn't see positive on what he was doing, um, because Dallas plays at the same time. And I think that with the idea that we're all like, is Dallas really going to lose to Washington? And we're all like, probably not. Um, and then also that combined with the turf, um, yeah. and being afraid that people are going to get hurt. Uh, we already know Devontae's not going to be playing. I'd be, I'd be shocked if Devontae's playing for the fact that he already has the ankle sprain. Um, they say it's not, you know, serious, but don't need him to get worse for a game that really doesn't mean anything. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know if they're going to win this game or not, um, just because I really don't know. I don't know what to expect as far as the game plan going into this game, um, because, I mean, obviously they're not going to tell you we're not trying to win, but but I mean – 
I don't know what their game plan is going to be, which is kind of the biggest thing. I think if they came out like normal and actually were trying to win and all their starters were in, then like, then yeah, I'd say we'd still win. Probably still have a heart attack, but win. Um, <laughs> but I, I really don't know because I just, I feel like they're not one. Like if the players are still having, like if there's still culture issue and Nick really has lost the locker room, they're they're not going to give a shit about this game. Like, and that's just the truth. So because of all the other turmoil going on with the team right now, I don't know that they win this game. Um, especially not knowing what Nick's plan is going to be going into it. So I think, I think that's the biggest thing that I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, you know, the Giants are just going to run the ball down our throat because like they, they started doing it in the game previously and it was working. So I don't know why they didn't do that the whole time. And then Tyra Taylor's way more mobile than uh, Tommy DeVito. So, so I, I don't know that we win this game, but I don't, I don't, cause I think they're not going to care. I think they're going to go into it. And I think the players are going to be checked out and I hope not like, but I, I don't see it as a get right game anymore because we've been saying that for like over a month now that like, that they need to turn it around and stuff like that. And they just, they seem to not. So I, I don't see them taking this game very seriously, especially with the fact that they're most likely going to be the fifth seed. And they're going to know that they have another game, maybe next Saturday or Sunday. Um, and it's a playoff game. So I, I think they're going to overlook the game, whether they're trying to win or not. And I think the Giants are just going to want to win because of the way that they lost to the Rams. And then because of the way that they lost to us the previous week, so I think the Giants are just going to go in. It's a moral victory for them. Um, but, yeah, I just – I don't think the team's going to be into it, so. Yeah, oh, my goodness, I can't. Like, as much as I <laughs> – I don't think the Giants are more talented than us. Let me make that clear. But no, I, because no, I'm not saying you're wrong. Because of the implications of the like, game, I don't, I don't think they're going to care, unfortunately. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying – like, you're definitely not wrong when you say, like, they're definitely less talented. But, like, it, it's just, like, how much – I don't know. Like, I like being a Penn State fan too. Like, they played. Not that we really talked that on here, but like they they let me down in the bowl game, and like just the way they did. And then their coach James Franklin, you know, makes X Y Z excuse, and I'm just like, and then I watch the Eagles, and then they lose to the Cardinals. It's like, why? It's like they're. I'm not gonna say they're trying to lose. Like they they try so hard to win and yet they find ways to lose like it's like this team is pressing so hard especially on offense I think um just because they know like what they have on defense like let's just call it a spade a spade but like I I totally like I can see where you're coming from like this is a game at the Meadowlands like and I know we've dominated the Giants you know in recent times but it's like any division game is going to make me a little bit like even when it's Washington, I mean, Washington's played us so hard. Like they've played us harder than the, than um, better like Miami, Miami's a better team than Washington, but we play Washington. It's always a problem. It's always dramatic. It's all like, it takes everything for us to squeak out over a win. They beat us, you know, last season when we were undefeated and, and ended that, I think they were eight. No, at the time. So like any giants, Washington, Dallas game, I'm like, I never feel, hundred percent great about probably giants more so than anybody in recent time. We we've had the most success for sure, but yeah, I mean, like if I don't know what time Dallas plays, I'd like to see if that's a one o'clock slot because 
now the the Eagles Giants is four o'clock, so we could know by the by kickoff we we will know honestly um, if if that Dallas game is played at one. Like, no, I think I think they're at the same time as us, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so yeah, I mean that's I don't know. Like I I still I want to see the Eagles come out play their like play their starters like go down. I'd rather us go down like that, even if it would be more demoralizing because it's like, okay, we have all our stars in, we're playing a lesser opponent again, um, and we lose. Like, I'd still rather them play it that way, I think, because putting all those guys on the sideline, like, I don't want Devontae to even suit up, but, um, like, I'd put everybody else out there and be like, we have to fix this, and the only way we're going to fix this is against an NFL opponent, not in practice, not, you know, 11-on-11 drills, like – I want to see them play the Giants and impose their will on them. Like and like you said though, I mean, I like if I'm a betting a betting man, like I'm taking like Saquon will probably have a good day. I, I don't see how he doesn't. I'll put it that way. Like even with their their kind of poor offensive line, I I still think they'll be able to run the ball at will because the Cardinals did and like everybody pretty much has this year. So yeah, I. I want to say I feel like the Eagles will win, but I feel this. I get less and less confident every week. I will. I'll pick them this week to win, but if, like you said, if they don't play, like if they don't give a shit, then it's everything's out the window. So it'll we'll know that you know at kickoff, I guess you know who's playing, and then I guess throughout the the game you'll see you know if everybody else if everybody suits up on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball, like I would assume they would you know, be effective enough, but your guess is as good as mine at this point. Yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling confident about it. And Dallas is playing the same time we are, which is what I thought. Of course. So yeah, it's like it's it. like at that point, like they're just they're gonna have to make a decision if they're gonna play all their starters or not. I mean I I think they should. I, I think they should, yeah. But but I mean who knows? Because I I never know what this coaching staff is doing. So <laughs> Yeah. That's that's probably the, the truest statement throughout this whole episode because it's unfortunately the truth. But I do appreciate you coming back to talk. Um, unfortunately, you know, pretty negative uh, show. I mean, it's just the way it is right now. This is just how the, the cookie is uh, crumbling. But, um, yeah, well, I'll shout out. I was supposed to get on with the 1420 Sports Podcast the other day. Just got too busy, unfortunately. But definitely tune tune into those guys if you tune into this show. Tune into the uh, Fan in the Van podcast as well as Two Dudes with Sports News. Um, and we will catch you early next week probably to wrap this one up. And then it will really get interesting because we'll know, you know who we're playing, the playoff seating. <laughs> it's going to be – even if the Eagles win 40 to nothing, I'm not going to feel any better probably, like not even 5% better but uh, against the Giants. But – Hey, any any given Sunday as far as the playoffs go, and at least we're in the playoffs. I'm trying to look at the the glass half full, but it's it's becoming harder every uh, every week with this team.